All right, thank you again for downloading the College Ave Podcast. I'm your host, Langston Ross. And before we actually start today's episode, I just wanted to take a moment and offer my condolences to anybody that's been impacted or affected by Hurricane Harvey. Uh, It hit me really close to home because I called Houston my home for two years when I worked for Rice University. I know that it's not just impacting uh, Houston, it's really impacting South and Central Texas. Uh, It's been really hard to watch the news and just see how many lives are being impacted, but um, I'm always a half glass full type of person. It's also great to see um, that our country can come together. Um, It's sad that it's taking a natural disaster to bring our country together, but it gives me hope um, that we can get through the tough times that we're going through. So I just wanted to send my condolences um, to all the um, areas that are being impacted by Hurricane Harvey. All right, so like I mentioned in the preview, on today's episode, we have Amanda Muhammad, who is the stress management consultant for Think Limitless. And you might be thinking, what does this have to do with the college application process? Aha, well, I know school started for a lot of you guys either last week or this week, and you're looking at your course load, you're looking at your college applications, and you're already stressed out. So Amanda is a guru um, in helping not just students, but just people um, create great days. So I'm gonna let her tell you a little bit about herself and her college application process. Thank you, Langston. Um, Thank you for having me on the show today. So yeah, my name's Amanda and I'm a stress management consultant. I teach wellness classes, stress management workshops, and I also train educators, mental health professionals, anyone that works directly with people that take on a lot of stress and how to manage their personal stress, the secondary stress that they absorb from working with them, and then how to take tools into the classroom to help students and clients start to find accessible ways to manage and work through their stress and trauma. Um, my college application you know, process, we've talked about this before. It but wasn't that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it seems like it was a while. <laughs> But um, my college application process, you know, I was a first-generation college student, so I didn't know a whole lot. I didn't know who to go to. I really, you know, a lot of my friends weren't going to college. I was one of the only ones who actually chose to, to go off to college. But initially, I actually started taking some college classes my senior year in high school. And then from there, I stayed at the local community college for my first year. So I just kind of knocked out a bunch of prereqs, wasn't quite sure where I was going to go. I was like, okay, I guess the natural transition from here. I was at Johnson County Community College in Overland Park, um, Kansas. (laughs) My natural progression was to go, okay, KU, K-State, one of the two. That's where most of the, you know, kids from my area went. And so um, I ended up applying for KU. My dad always said I was a natural born Jayhawk. So I applied to KU, I got accepted, and you know I just kind of went there. But I honestly did not know much about the process. And looking back now, I'm so glad I'm a Jayhawk. I love my school, but I always wonder what opportunities would have been there had I known more about the college application process, had I not just taken what was you know kind of natural or what was common in my um, in my community. Awesome. So you are you are our second guest on the College Ave podcast, and, and thank you for joining us. And you talked a little bit about being a first generation college student and access. Um, 
to resources. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast is just talk about sometimes the lack of access to resources students um, have. What would, in your route of going to the community college and then going to a four-year school, I think it's becoming more popular because of finances. What did you see as the advantage of starting off at a community college and did it prepare you for your four-year institution or what were some things that you would change about it? Well, I think that going to community college was a good transition for me because I already was one of those kids that had a lot of um, trouble focusing and I was kind of a little bit of a class clown and, you know, so me not jumping from, you know, my 20 some odd kids a class into my 900 kid lecture hall, Mm -hmm. I do believe that going, you know, from high school into a community college where my classes were still fairly small, but I still had that um, that flexibility, that autonomy that, you know, what came with the college atmosphere, um, it definitely helped me to, help to prepare me to move on to a bigger school. I was also able to knock out a lot of those, um, you know, those core classes yep. that you have to take that are very hard at a college. And I do feel like when you first go off to college, it's exciting. There's, you know, there's a lot to it. And it's not always, um, school doesn't always become your number one focus. People, yep. you know, you get caught up in the college life. And so by going to that community college, I was able to focus on getting some of those core things out of the way, be able to have good, good strong access to my um, teachers. I had a lot of access to resources in that community college. There was like a resource center for everything. I was studying econ and accounting, and I could always get access to a tutor, things that were a little bit harder when I went off to a four-year institution. So it was a good transition. Awesome. Seems like you started with a good foundation, which is important that I tell my students, um, especially when they're going off to school. Absolutely. Now, I know a little bit about your background, and we're definitely going to put your social media mm-hmm. media handles and also your website on there. But can you talk a little bit about um, post-college when you got into the professional world and what kind of um, jump-started you to start Think Limitless? Okay. So... Um, I ended up majoring in management leadership HR in undergrad at the University of Kansas. And when I graduated, I was like, I'm going to climb this corporate ladder. I thought I was going to be a human resources director. Well, I went off to corporate America. And personally, I hated it. And so what I was seeing was I was sitting next to people. They were in cubicles. And they just were kind of like working their lives away. They didn't seem to be enjoying what they did. And it was draining for me. I knew it was draining for them. And I was seeing it everywhere I went from a corporate job and when I was still in Overland Park. When I moved back home, I worked in Overland Park. And then I saw it when I moved down to Dallas, Texas. And then when I left that company, I went over to recruiting. And I did recruiting for four months. And I was so stressed in that job that I actually don't remember those four months. And so I saw it there. And then I left recruiting. And I randomly stumbled into education. And so I loved education. I loved being around the kids. I was a second grade reading teacher. Um, It was a completely different environment from anything that I ever thought I would want to be in. Um, It just was, it was awesome. But I was seeing the same thing there too. But then it really was like, wow, like our teachers are doing the same thing, just kind of being there and not really being there. And so it was like, how can I help? Because people were always like, oh, how are you always so happy? And how are you, you know? And it's like, I knew that I had these tools, but maybe I should start sharing them. 
And so from working in education and realizing like, oh, wow, like maybe I can help these teachers, maybe I can help these people in corporate America find ways to manage their stress in what I call create better days, because I do believe that, you know, in this, if you believe it, one life that you have, um, you deserve to enjoy it. How can I help people to get there? So I started teaching yoga, mindfulness, um, stress management tools, tactics, and um, yeah, here I am. Think Limitless. <laughs> cool. So before I uh, transition to how you can actually put this practice in for a high school junior or senior that might be listening, you talked about working um, at a school, and I know you were a second grade reading coach, and I know you have a really close relationship with one of your students, and you really were able to help help him out, and I was able to witness that firsthand. How easy was it for you to take your passion for mindfulness, yoga, meditation, and incorporate that with 10-year-olds and 9-year-olds? Well, I think, for one, when you practice something yourself and when you've seen it work yourself and when you know how much of a resource it could have been for you had you had it, it's a lot easy to deliver it. So especially with what I teach, um, with my dynamic mindfulness trainings, it's all about learning the practice for yourself first, being able to manage your stress and have the tools for you, and then extending them to someone else. And so um, with 10-year-olds, I mean, it's about being creative. Okay. It's about being patient. Um, and it's about knowing what, your, what the true purpose of, of giving them these tools are. The student that you're referring to, one of my best buddies, right? Um, he has a lot of testing anxiety. And so giving him breathing exercises, giving him, you know, just listening to him talk about what he's experiencing as a, t at, well, he's, he's nine. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, nine going listen, on. 12. Yeah, nine going on, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, you know, going, listening to him, taking the time to listen to what he's experiencing as he's taking tests, the way that he feels inside and not brushing it off, but saying, hey, like this kid is actually experiencing something. What can I do? And showing him, hey, this works and being able to break down, you know, breathing exercises to something that he might enjoy or he, he loves ninjas. Right. So right. incorporating things that he likes to help him feel like, you know, this is the best way, the optimal way to be a ninja. Right. right. Um, just being creative in your approach. It helps a lot. Awesome. Okay, so one of the things that we're going to try to do um, through conversations, I don't really like to call them interviews, but through <laughs> conversations is I want to have a segment, and hopefully it'll be sponsored by a university, maybe University of Kansas, since you have an alum, you can sponsor, yeah, you can sponsor <laughs> this segment. Um, it's called Ross's Reasons. So the reason why I'm doing this um, conversation with Amanda, and as I outlined um, when I wanted to start the podcast, this was one of the first people that I wanted to have on because I see my students um, deal with stress. I see students in our network um, dealing with stress and anxiety on taking standardized tests or, or even state exams. But then I also see it from the parents. Uh, we just had a parent night Monday with our seniors, and there were so many questions about standardized testing and test prep and how they can just do better on those exams that it really... Fr not frustrated me, but I wanted to bring it to their attention that they're still a person. And don't let a four-hour test that you take three that you might take three Saturdays in your four-year career of high school really determine who you are as a student. So I've seen Amanda's um, practices. I've gone to some of her yoga sessions um, on a rooftop, and it was hot. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, standing tree. Can we can we move on to something else? But I've seen it work. So uh, I'm never going to bring on. Uh, 
guests for conversations to the podcast um, that I don't believe in their work. So that's a little bit of Ross's reasons um, segment. Um, again, KU, I know um, our regional rep here, so I'll, I'll send this to them and maybe we can get that sponsored. Okay, so one of the things that I wanted to talk about is implementing um, stress management in your daily life. And you have a newsletter that comes out and you're always talking about uh, creating a great day. Yeah. In a culture where students are so results driven, really people are just so results driven, and specifically for what I do, if a student isn't admitted into a college or university, or if they don't get a certain score on a standardized um, exam, they're truly heartbroken. And you can see the disappointment and the stress coming. What are some exercises that I can do, or any counselor, or even any student that's listening can do to kind of help them daily with this? Well, I think, first of all, what's most important when it comes to stress management is that we start taking a preventative approach. So stop waiting until it's too late and this moment has happened and now you don't know how to handle your anger or your frustration in this moment. Um, a lot of what I teach, especially when it comes to social-emotional learning, if you look at the social-emotional learning wheel, that encompasses self-awareness, self-management, responsible decision-making, relationship skills, and social awareness. And so we've been giving these kids these tools all along to start to understand their emotions, understand their frustration, know the difference between I am mad and I feel mad, and really equipping them with the tools to be able to create great days, to be able to change their perspective perspective when something doesn't go that way. To be able to say, you know, I didn't get the score, but I have another opportunity to take the test again. Now I have more time. I know what I need to work on. To be able to shift their thinking and their perspective through being able to just understand their own emotions is very important. And then as I talk about a preventative approach with what I teach, you know, a lot of social emotional learning programs, they have those different components that they focus on, but they're not focusing on stress resilience. And what research will teach you is that we have to focus on the stress and we have to focus on the trauma if we want to be able to get to those good test scores, if we want kids that are engaged. Because um, trauma research teaches us, this is just a cute saying, but it's real, that issues are in our tissues. And mm. so when we're just asking kids to just sit down and to just listen, we've got to give them outlets to dissolve the stress from their bodies. So that's mindful movement. That's being able to do you know, little things like inhale, reaching the arms up, exhale, bringing them down, just giving them an opportunity to rid of some of that energy that's just sitting pent up in them in the classroom so that they can be prepared to focus giving them breathing exercises, which activates the parasympathetic nervous system so that you can calm the relaxed response so that when they do perceive something as stressful, they know something that can help calm them back down so that their bodies aren't you know, already reacting to things that they're just even thinking that they're stressed about because we have as humans what's called an anticipatory stress response. So even if we just think about, oh, I'm not good enough, I don't have this test score, I don't have you know, whatever it is, the stress response and the things in the body, they happen the exact same way as if something was physically happening to us. So we need to be giving kids these tools and this knowledge to understand that um, you know, they need to have a sense of control in their lives, a sense of control over their stress, and really understand um, you know, their reactions. So giving them stress management tools actually gives them an opportunity to do something different between stimulus and response. So when something hits them, addresses them as stressful, they already have something in place and they've been working on something that helps them to be more resilient to stress. Awesome, cool. So I'll get you um, out on this question. Um, 
being a first generation college student, I think that's really um, pivotal and important um, for first generation college students to see others that have done it before them and and see that you're able to you know start start your own business, start something that you're passionate about. Um, get an advanced degree, um, which we didn't talk about, but you do have an advanced degree and do all of those things. What's the, if you had 30 to 45 seconds, what's the advice that not only to give the first generation college students, but anybody listening, a counselor that might work with a lot of students that are in that demographic, what's the advice that you would like to give them on stress management and just activities that maybe they can do starting tomorrow? Um, an easy activity that you can implement anytime, any place is just showing kids simple breathing exercises. It's a really easy one, a really accessible one um, that anyone can do. So breathing in, two, three, four. Breathing out, two, three, four. Something as simple as that and doing it over and over and over um, is going to actually change the neural pathways in a person's brain to be able to find that as a resource when they're stressed out. Um, my advice to someone who's working with that demographic and who's going to school is to start giving them different tools. Um, I know that even when it comes to further than graduation, but just work life period, yeah. when you look at the people, when you look at the skills that people hiring managers want to see in the people that they hire, the top five skills are also reflected in social emotional learning, and so that's why it's so important. You know, of course you want workers that know how to manage their stress, workers that are self-aware, workers that know how to calm themselves down. You don't want the person who's, you know, screaming at your at your customer. You want the person that knows how to regulate their own emotions and that can, you know, be a, a, a good, you know, employee for you. Right. Um, so just period, starting to learn about, you know, the power of these practices, doing um, just simple techniques with the students, extending to them, you know, whatever you can. I've got different resources on my website um, that you can that you can find as well to start using with your clients or students. Awesome. Well, thank you, Amanda. And again, Amanda is the stress management consultant for Think Limitless. We will put her social media handles and also information to her website um, on the podcast link. Um, we just want to thank you again for coming out and thank you so much for sharing this vital information. Thank you for having me. Create a great day.